0: So false assumed truths, which is the acronym FAT, those are beliefs that we have about ourselves that end up defining who we become and what we step into and actions we take. For example, when you were in jail that you've mentioned, you could have had a belief that you're a criminal, that you're a loser, and you could have gotten out of jail and turned to drugs and alcohol and not done anything and just said, I'm a criminal. That would have been a false assumed truth, or you could turn that around To what you did that you believe that there's something new for you and that became your new belief and that's what you've been out creating and false assumed truths define everybody starting in weight loss I can't tell you how many people come to me and say my doctor said or I was diagnosed Mm -hmm. with this or I have big bones or my genetics said this that's a false assumed truth because you heard diagnosed were told whatever you are now taking actions to support that so you stay there Because the bottom line is there's somebody else with your same diagnosis, the same thing that's having a different result and outcome.
1: I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of The Adversity Advantage. I'm your host Doug Bulbs, and you know, I think being able to, I would say believe in yourself and being always doubtful about your capabilities are two major common struggles that people are trying to deal with these days. And many people, I think, are having a hard time shifting from that negative mindset you may have about yourself or self-doubt or you know, regret, shame, and pivoting that or shifting that uh, in a way to become more optimistic and believing that you could actually start to achieve things again and be able to get what you want in life. And I think in order to overcome these struggles and get past that, uh, some big things you must do are things like take responsibility for yourself and seize your power back. And so today's conversation is going to focus on doing just that. And with that being said, I'd like to welcome Natalie Jill to the podcast today. And you may recognize Natalie from her online fitness programs, maybe her book or her leveling up podcast, or perhaps to her content on social media, where she reaches millions of people. Uh, Natalie is a fat loss expert turned high performance coach. She helps women change their conversation around age, potential, and possibility. She does this through simple and fun, unique methods that are super relatable to anyone. And I know she mainly helps women, but if you are a male and listening to this, uh, you can all relate to what she shares, including the secrets to overcoming limiting beliefs creating anything you want out of nothing, the blessings of being real and raw, why you need to lose the victim mindset, and also her incredible story of overcoming some major turmoil in her life. I mean, roughly 13 years ago, she was a broke, divorced mom, in debt, lost her house, and her confidence. So I don't want to give too much more away, so let's welcome Natalie Jill to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Natalie, thanks for coming on.
0: So happy to be here. Thanks, Doug.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm glad we were able to finally make this happen. You know, I was on your podcast and not being able to come on mine. And what's crazy, I didn't realize you're from the East Coast as well. So I'm in Baltimore and you're from just outside of D.C. So like, were you on the Virginia side or on the Maryland side?
0: I was on all of it. I was So I was, (laughs) it's funny, I say DC because most people, if you say Maryland or Virginia, they think Maryland, they think they assume Baltimore or Annapolis. And if you say Virginia, they think different areas of Virginia, not Northern Virginia. So I say DC metropolitan, which is that whole triangle of an area, right? So I was born and raised in Maryland. I lived Mm. in Silver Spring and then I lived in Potomac. And then I even went to college, University of Maryland, but I spent a lot of time living in like Tyson's Corner area, Reston, Virginia, Arlington, Alexandria all the different areas over there.
1: Yeah, it's is a small world. And I heard you talk, I forget what I was listening to, but you were talking about the difference between the East Coast and West Coast vibes. And it's like...
0: Yeah, because I moved here 17 years ago. So it was a big difference to me when I moved here, like a huge difference of what was happening East Coast versus what was here. But what's interesting though, is I'll tell you that right now, and I don't know when this will air, but right now with everything going on politically and coronavirus and just all the stuff happening... I'm seeing people wanting to leave Southern California because what's happening in Southern California right now is what I was around in DC. (laughs) It's so funny. Like all of a sudden, everybody's super into politics and it's like, you can't escape it all of a sudden. So it's reminding me of that, why I wanted to flee DC 17 years ago. It's the same thing's happening.
1: I feel like the two new hotspots are like Scottsdale, Arizona and and Austin. Austin. Yeah. It's like one of those two things. And it's totally...
0: And I go through my moments. If I get sucked into the news or what's going on in the world, I want to leave too. I mean, I'm the first person on Zillow sending houses to my husband in Texas or Arizona (laughs) or Vegas or wherever else. But then if I'm back into my normal routine and I'm just enjoying my day in San Diego, I love living here. Like If I stay in my bubble, which is impossible to do at all times, but I do remember and ground myself as to why I relocated here to begin with. And it is pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, it's funny. This coronavirus pandemic has really opened up a lot of people's eyes. They're forced to pay attention because now it's not just like before when certain things would only affect a certain percentage of the population and certain things. This has affected everyone. So everyone's eyes are a lot open now. I guess this is why it's really affecting you is because you're an entrepreneur. you got a successful podcast. You've got a huge platform, a successful fitness business, coaching. And now your eyes are open like, what's the best decision now for my family? but it wasn't that long ago where you had to make another tough decision for yourself and your daughter and you pivoted hard and got into the fitness space which is funny because you hear this a lot right they they want to leave their corporate job they're go through hard times and they're like oh I'm going to pivot into an, into a business you you hear a lot of people doing it but what I love about what you've done you actually did it and not just did it you took it and catapulted it now into building this massive brand that, that's known by millions of people. So walk me through what was going through your mind, you yeah. know, when you're 40 and how you kind of, you know, climbed. Your yeah, totally.
0: Out. And just to be, to be share, I'm a queen of pivoting. I actually <laughs> like pivoting and I do that in a lot of areas of my life. Even if you ask my husband how many times we've moved, we've moved a lot. <laughs> I like change. I like new adventures. I like starting over. I love all of it. So I welcome that. And I'm actually in the middle, as we're doing an interview, of another massive pivot right now with my business, with my brand, with a lot. So I I like pivoting. I welcome it. I don't shy away from it. But specifically, what you're talking about was when I was in my uh, late 30s, I had had my daughter. And This was right after 2008 when the stock market, housing market, everything had, had crashed. She was born in 2007. So think back to around that time, Mm -hmm. what was going on. I was in corporate America. I had a very solid job in corporate America, but it was safe and stable and I was married. And all of a sudden I found myself going through a divorce, going to be a new single mom, having to take a voluntary job demotion because I knew I was going to be traveling with my current job and I couldn't do that as a single mom for the first time in my life ever was completely in debt and going broke. And a big reason for that was the housing market crash back when that was all happening. If anyone listening remembers, if you were a homeowner at the time houses were appreciating so greatly that people started taking out huge amounts of line of credit to start businesses, to start to, to fund their lifestyle. So, you'd buy a house call it for $500,000 and all of a sudden it's worth 800,000 and that it looked like three, free money like oh i've got 300,000 to borrow and that was happening across the board so what happened to me was My, we had funded a business, a a totally unrelated to what I do now business that wasn't going so well and we're borrowing too much against our house and I got completely backwards. So I was going through this divorce, had to take a job change, had gained a lot of weight, was dealing with being a new single mom, now was broke and was in debt and had messed up my credit. So I had just this big mess of what is happening to my life. And it was in that rock bottom space because I stayed in this rock bottom place for about four months where I was super depressed and didn't know what I was going to do. It was in those hardships in that rock bottom space that I started sharing what I was going through Mm. and what I was doing about it. And that's a key thing, what I was doing about it. A lot of people, they'll share what they're going through, more like a complaint and a negative, but nobody really is gravitated towards that. But if you're sharing what you're doing about it, that's empowering. So Mm. I was sharing what I was doing about it and what that did was that attracted People following along because there were a lot of people, quite frankly, going through the same thing I was at that time. There were a lot of marriages that ended, a lot of people in debt, a lot of stuff happening. What's happening in our world right now, today, with coronavirus and everything, is reminds me a lot of what was happening in 2008, where people were all talking about the same awful things happening to the to them and how it was affecting them. That's that is very a familiar place to what what I feel that we're experiencing now. But when that happened, my life completely turned around from that because I was sharing and mm. what I created. And that is literally how my fitness and nutrition business was born because I was using those as tools to change myself and I was sharing that and people were following along and they were interested.
1: Yeah I, I think people look at you now and they're like oh like she just got lucky she's just pretty or this and that but they don't understand your background your journey what a lot of people don't know is you have a background in health and fitness before you even got into like training. You went to to college and have a degree in health, right?
0: so my degrees in health and human performance. So it's a little bit more general than that, but yeah, like my. It's funny. It's actually exactly what I do now. Really, the classes I took were psychology mm. and health and fitness related. So like a lot of what I learned does still apply today for what I do, really, especially the psychology part. I'll tell you Like, who would have thought, oh, but that's a, that's a big aspect of it. But yeah, my, nothing about my business was luck. Not, and, I, and I don't believe that there's ever luck. I think there's opportunity
1: mm. and
0: there is what you do with it. And that could be viewed as luck, but you make your own luck. There is no such thing as luck. I mean, you make your own luck.
1: Yeah. We talked before the show about persistence and like, I think there's persistence plays a role in it too, and not quitting and not giving up because they're just given what you were just describing, you had every opportunity and excuse to quit, right? Mm-hmm. You're broke, you're in debt, single mom, you're you know, going through a divorce, you were yeah. you know, 50 pounds overweight, you could have just been thrown in the towel and be like, you know what, like, how the hell am I going to climb out of this? And you didn't. And how has that experience really helped you now with what you do with, with coaching and helping people improve their yeah. mindset? So how has that helped you be able to like help other people?
0: It's everything. I believe every we all have a purpose. And my purpose, I'm super clear on my purpose of my life, and it makes sense why I've pivoted and why things have mm-hmm. changed, is I'm literally a vessel for when I, learn, when I go through things to learn and master them so that I can teach and empower others. I'm so clear about that now. So I embrace setbacks. I mean, as much as they suck when they happen, I know there's something on the other side of them always. I always know that. I believe that everything, especially when it comes to our bodies and health and fitness, it's all mindset related. Mm. It's all mindset related. If you interview or talk to anyone that's gone through my programs, uh, especially someone that's gone through my full body reset program, uh, anyone that's coached with me, they will tell you that they came in for one thing, like they wanted to make more money or they wanted to lose weight, whatever they came in. But what they got from it was a complete shift in their perspective and their mindset. And what they learned was that they literally could create anything they want from nothing by changing that. Because you see, Doug, we can be an entirely different person. An entirely different person by changing just three things your thoughts your actions and your habits when you change your thoughts and then you change the actions and the habits that go with that you can become an entirely different person i mean look at you doug what you started you changed all three of those things to make that happen it's across yeah. the board and i can say that with everyone i've helped transformation wise and i've helped over a hundred thousand people lose the fat and keep it off I can speak from experience there. I speak from countless people I've helped with business and lifestyle changes. It's always the same. Every interview I've done on my podcast, leveling up, I've done over 120 interviews. Every single person I've interviewed, it's about how people created everything from nothing. They will walk you through that. They all had to change their thoughts, their actions, and their habits. So that's all mindset. That has nothing to do with what you're eating or what you're doing.
1: It yeah, has nothing it- to
0: do with that, with what you're doing with your body.
1: I know and I really appreciate you saying that and it's it's so true because here's the thing like you know, when you talk to pe- most people who have a massive health transformation right they don't really talk about the weight right the weight's a byproduct they don't really talk about how strong they got i mean what you hear a lot of people talk about is like wow like i look in the mirror and I'm, i don't want to f- kill myself i look in the mirror and i'm happy with who i see i'm able to like i walk my you know granddaughter you know grandson down the aisle or whatever the case may be that's internal, and that's the deep-rooted mm-hmm. stuff that can really trickle down into other areas of your life. Because now you're changing the way you think, now you're changing the way you act, now you're changing the what you do on a day-to-day basis. And I think life's about a bunch of uh, daily choices, right? I think yeah. we live in a world right now where we're all faced in this crazy environment we're living in now, and we all have a choice in how we're going to react and respond. And so many people you're seeing their they're seeing them piss away their health because they're throwing in the towel and being like, when's this going to end? They're watching the news. They're attacking everybody on social media. I mean, I've seen you obviously comment it's crazy. So like, what have you personally done for yourself, for your own mind during, you know, these crazy times to make sure yeah. you're staying like even keel with your own mindset?
0: Yeah, I have to check myself because it's it's very hard to escape it. I mean, normally yeah. I'm really good about staying out of political conversations and staying off the news, but it's it is very challenging, even for people that are educated around that and are have habits to not be in the new it's very hard to escape Mm. it like you could be minding your own business and someone's sending you a link i I can't even tell you like every day someone's sending me a link to something it's like wow i don't i didn't need to see that right now i don't (laughs) want to know that because you can honestly find evidence and links to support any single thing you want to like Anything you can support, you can find things as support. So you can go down rabbit holes all day long. So what am I doing to stay grounded around that? I'm honestly monitoring my time there. And I'm noticing when I get sucked into rabbit holes and I'm just mm-hmm. interrupting it because it's very hard not to, I realize that, but it doesn't serve. It doesn't help us. Like if I spend all day on social media, arguing with people and looking at links and going down rabbit holes. What does that do for me? My, what does that do for my mental health? What does that do for my physical health? What does that do for my peace of mind? How does it add any value to anyone's life? It doesn't add any. It's, there's nothing. nothing. So I would rather just stay away from it and own that I am going to get sidetracked sometimes and I just have to interrupt it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're right. And it's like, even for myself during this time, I'm having to set even stricter boundaries for myself because there's so many people it's like they're either on the left or on the right They're, it's a scam it's mm-hmm. not a scam it's like they're democrat they're republican and i'm like it's not serving anyone for us to be fighting mm-hmm. it's anything. not going to
0: change anyone either like i yeah. have my opinions and no one's right. gonna people are not it's like everyone has their opinions we're not going to change each other's opinions right now because nobody's really actually critically thinking right now
1: no and the one thing that i'm kind of a little upset about is that no one's really talking about, like in the mainstream media, about like, well, what can we do about it? How can we improve our health? How can we boost our immune system? Yeah, Because that, in the end of the day, whether what no matter what you believe about the coronavirus, is going to set yep. people yes. up for longevity, right? Victim
0: yeah. mindset is very, very real. It's very real, and it's very scary. And when you show research that people with metabolic syndrome or that are overweight are having a higher risk of dying from this disease, People get deeply offended, Mm. but you know what? That plays into heart disease. It plays into cancer. It plays into everything. So why are we so deeply offended? That is a conversation I do want to interrupt because it, and that is why it's a big reason I started a fitness and nutrition business initially, because I do have great compassion for those people. I do have great compassion for someone who's overweight, that's struggling. And I want them, but, but the first step in that is ownership is ownership that only they can change that. They have to decide that they want to change it first.
1: We we, we we have to take ownership and accountability for our own actions and choices and responsibilities. The problem is it's so much easier to blame other people. It's so much easier yes. to blame the government, to blame yes. our spouse, to blame our neighbors and everyone else. And the one thing that I know why I think this is really important to you is it comes from your dad. I remember you talking about your dad that one of the lessons he taught yeah. you was – take responsibility for everything in your life, right?
0: Yeah. And because the thing is, Doug, there's people that really do struggle with obesity. And I understand that. They, they do really struggle with it. The issue is the more we blame outside sources, it doesn't ever get fixed or changed. So it might be a lot harder. It might take more time. It may be so much more challenging, but you have to take some type of ownership And we're not talking about how do you become a size two or four or six. That's not where I'm going, but how do we become the healthier version of you? Mm. And I have helped a lot of people that have a hundred plus pounds to lose. And we had to have this mental conversation here because it's very easy to go into victim mentality. And I get it. especially when fast food is so cheap, when we're not talking about immunity on the news, it makes it very challenging for people.
1: Yeah. And I think there's also this stigma, I don't know if you call it stigma or like wave going in our society where it's like, if you talk bad about yourself or to yourself, you're not loving yourself. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you need to check yourself and be like, you know what? Like, I'm not happy with the way I look like this situation right now. It sucks. It's not positive, but I have to be positive about my approach to it in order Mm -hmm. to succeed. And I think there's a big difference because not everything in life is positive. Not every time in your life, you're going to really feel like you're best and feel like you love yourself. I mean, it's just not reality. And we- you create this false sense. I think that no matter what you have to always love yourself and it's not that you should like shame yourself, but I think also like there's going to be times where you need to take responsibility and say, you know what? Like I am not happy with who I am. I have let myself go and it's my fault and it's up to me to fix it.
0: I just think personal responsibility is missing from a lot of things. I mean, not Mm -hmm. just with, it's missing from financial situations. It's missing from a lot. And you asked about my dad. Yeah, my dad always would say it's no one else's fault. And he taught me that at an early age, it's no one else's fault. And that served me very well because- even as we interview I've had three injuries in the last year which is just just absolutely crazy to me like I'm sitting here talking to you with a broken foot when I just got over a torn bicep tear repair
1: so I'm like
0: really bring it okay (laughs) so I've had three random injuries this year which is so crazy for me but I have yet to blame anything else it's like Mm. okay Where am I responsible for this? What is happening? Because I did learn that it's always our own responsibility. And my dad, he died at age 49 of a heart attack. And Mm -hmm. I know darn well he'd have no issue with me using his story as a message for people because that's how he lived. He took a lot of our personal responsibility. My dad was overweight. He did have that stomach. He had that 49-year-old stomach that sticks out with the organs he didn't smoke he didn't drink but he did eat not so great and he didn't work out and he looked older than his age he did and he had a heart attack he had a lot of stress and Mm -hmm. he did that and he would be if he was here right now he would say it's his fault too
1: yeah and gosh it's so there's so much power though when you feel like you have control of your over your situation no matter what it was I remember when I was in jail and I shared this on your show when my cellmate said to me quit being a victim And you have the power, if no one's going to change your life but you, you got yourself in the situation, you have the ability to get yourself out, you feel empowered. And when you relinquish control over to somebody else, you're guaranteed to lose. Like, I mean, if you're waiting for the government or your family or your friends or whoever to fix your problems, you're going to be waiting forever because it's not going to happen. We have to own our own shit, if you will, and say, you know what? Like, I'm not happy with my finances. I'm not happy with my health. I'm not happy with my relationship. I'll do whatever it takes to fix it. And so do you think like your dad dying when you were in your early 20s has kind of kept you inspired to not only continue to take care of your own health, but persevere so that you live your life to the fullest and can be a great mom for your daughter?
0: I think my dad dying when I was 22 is, has made a huge impact in a lot of ways in my life. Mm-hmm. A lot of ways. I mean, I think that's one of many. I think that just naturally as a female, we tend to make our lives about having our dad's approval. I mean, mm-hmm. it's giving, someone can challenge me all they want, but there's, there's like study after study that is yeah. real. Like females chase what they want from their dad. Mm-hmm. It's true. I think my whole life is really a testament to wanting approval from my dad, to be honest with you. It's made me strong at sales. It's made me strong at business. It's made me strong at a lot of things. Is it good? Is it bad? I, I don't know, it just is, it's neutral. It's, it's just a neutral thing. My dad was an interesting person. He was very powerful. He was charismatic. There was a lot about my dad that him dying left me looking for someone else to fulfill that for sure. So I would say that it was impactful in a lot of ways, health and fitness being just one small part of that.
1: Yeah. And I think at the end of the day... You're right. I think it's like, we seek our dad's approval for, that's true. I think for men and women, at least for, and I think guys too, like you want that love from your mom, right? That's Mm -hmm. like the one thing that you hear guys seek a lot too. And I think it's very interesting now where we're as unhealthy as a society, as we've ever been. Somebody was telling me the other day, it's like one in, I don't know the exact stuff but one in four people between the ages of 18 and 35 are either depressed, had suicidal thoughts or something in the yes. last six months. Whereas I don't remember what the, the stats were before, but since COVID's happened, it's gone up a lot. So I know like one of the main things that can contribute to negative thoughts is what you call these false assumed truths, right? Mm-hmm. Like the th- becoming quote unquote fat. So talk a bit about like what they are and how you can kind of pivot out of that to yeah. so you change your mindset.
0: So false assumed truths are the, which is the acronym the FAT. Cause I, in that reason that resonates with people is people know me for killing fat as far Mm -hmm. as an exercise or nutrition, but really what I do is I kill the different kind of fat, the false assumed truth. Those are beliefs that we have about ourselves that end up defining who we become and what we step into and actions we take. For example, when you were in jail that you've mentioned, you could have had a belief that you're a criminal, that you're a loser, that you're whatever, you should be and you could have gotten out of jail and turned to drugs and alcohol and not done anything and just said, I'm a criminal. That would have been a, a false assumed truth. Or you could turn that around to what you did, that you believe that there's something new for you. There's something, a bigger message for you, a bigger calling. And that became your new belief. And that's what you've out, been out creating and false assumed truths define everybody. Starting in weight loss, I can't tell you how many people come to me and say, my doctor said, or I was diagnosed Mm -hmm. with this, or I have big bones, or my genetics said this. That's a false assumed truth. Because you heard, diagnosed, were told, whatever, you are now taking actions to support that so you stay there. Because the bottom line is there's somebody else with your same diagnosis, the same thing that's Having a different result and outcome. So, false assumed truths are critical to recognize. I see it with health and fitness. I see it with finances all the time. I just don't make money. I just lose money. I'm a terrible negotiator. Like, those are false assumed truths, right? And I see it in entrepreneurs. I just can't find clients. I don't know how to sell. Those are all false assumed truths. So, the biggest thing is deciding that you're going to start recognizing those. And I have a whole method around this, Doug, um, that I work with my coaching clients on. It's called DBA, decide, vision, action. Mm-hmm. And part of that decision is on deciding to uncover what are all those false system truths holding you back because we have to recognize what they all are first before we can start shifting them.
1: So walk me through a little bit about how that DBA works. So if I were to say, for instance, I'm just going to throw this out there, that I was afraid of public speaking. Yeah. Like what would you, how would you coach me? Yeah. Through, like, let's just do a little live coaching. How the audience can help. Cause this okay. is something I think. I are mean, you really
0: it's, afraid of it? Cause it's, it won't come off as authentically if you're not. <laughs> so, all right. Are you so really? let
1: me think of something I'm afraid of. Okay. I'm okay. afraid. I am afraid. I would say the biggest thing that I am um, afraid of is not being enough when I die. If you're anything like me, you're always looking to incorporate things into your life that improve your sleep calm your anxiety and manage your stress. I found a product that helps me with all three. I've been using the gummies from Soul CBD. Each gummy contains 10 milligrams of calming CBD. They are THC-free, organically farmed, gluten-free, and made with the best ingredients. I like to call them my calm candy as it will leave you feeling more relaxed, focused, and you will sleep like a baby. I like to take them at various times including before a run when I'm feeling discomfort, before bed, or any other time I'm looking to create a safe space for my mind. Plus, these sweet CBD edible treats are easy to travel with, so you can take them out whenever you need to throughout the day. So go to www.mysoulcbd.com to learn more about the calming benefits of these CBD gummies from Seoul. Again, it's www.mysoulcbd.com, and when you enter in the promo code DOUG at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Now back to the show
0: not That's, being enough when you die okay so not living okay. my
1: life to the fullest is something i'm really afraid of
0: okay so how is that impacting your life right now
1: i think it's really forcing me to overwork myself and continue to strive to overachieve mm. because there's a, something inside of me that i worry that i'm going to just not i'm going to leave stuff on the table mm. and, and, and sometimes it's good because my biggest strength is that I'm driven and I'm a hard worker, but there's a negative side effect to that too, where you you like burn yourself out pretty easily. I get burned out very easily. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And what happens if you burn yourself out pretty easily? What's going to happen?
1: That I'm not going to be able to be at my best when it mm-hmm. comes to what I want to achieve on a day-to-day basis anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. So is that something that you want to change? Of course. And why do you want to change it? It's
1: because I want to be able to live a more effective yet, prosperous life while maintaining my energy so that I don't end up falling short in my potential when I die.
0: Mm-hmm. So your decision is that you you want to live and you want to take this on, but the belief is that you have to keep burning the candle at both ends of the stick to exactly. be enough. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. So, so that's the false assumed truth right there. Do you see that? That that's the yes. false assumed truth. But the key to that is not just recognizing it. We have to get under what why that's become a false assumed truth because false assumed truths turn into something that stops us. And I call those self-imposed stops. It comes into something that stops us. So I, without even knowing a lot of details about you and doing this very quickly with you, I would imagine that it becomes like an addiction where you keep going, keep going, keep going because of that false assumed truth. And you don't give yourself that time to slow down and recharge.
1: Exactly. I don't, I don't sit back and smell the rose. I feel like if I'm not working, then I'm kind of Being worthless, right? If I'm not doing Mm -hmm. stuff, I mean, not to say I don't relax on the weekends because I do, but I mean during the week, it's like, all right, am I doing this? Am I doing this? And some of the biggest things that have happened to me have happened when I'm not doing anything. Like some Mm -hmm. of the biggest blessings, it's like you put in the work, you put in the work, and you put in the work, and you let God, who whatever you, the universe, whatever you believe in, like kind of work for you. And then something comes back, and you're like, yeah, you're like, oh, like I wasn't expecting that. And so it's it was interesting for you to kind of unpack that because I'm actually impressed that you're able to do that in like thirty seconds because. I was like, all right, what am I really afraid of that I could really like that I'm like like cool, comfortable enough like talking about like on air like this? And that's like one thing that I think about, and it's always like, in a way, it's helped me be successful, but in a way, it holds me back because I'll be like, all right, I'm gonna go really hard, and then I burn out, and I have to like, got it, you no, know, it's so, just.
0: So what's interesting about that? And we just did something very fast that it usually takes a lot longer to right. really to go deeper on that. But what's interesting is if someone just approached you with a course on how to be zen. That would not work for you no. because you're not, there's no attachment to why that's important for you. However, when we do the work to like literally dig at what's driving the behavior and unravel the false assumed truth, and then we decide that there's a better way because we have to get really clear, which we didn't yet, on what you actually want, mm-hmm. then we're in a, a point. I said it was DBA to really unpack what's the vision. Like, and we're, vision is where we spend a lot of time because mm-hmm. if I could understand exactly where you want to go vision wise, And we can really know what that smells like, feels like, what that actually is. Then we're into the action part on what are the thoughts, actions, and habits we need to change to get you there. But most people skip those first steps. We don't figure out what's the decision. What are those false assumed truths holding us back? What's the reward? Because there's a reward for everything. And for you, the reward is I stay busy, I keep chasing, and I feel like I'm doing something. I feel like I'm worth something, right? You feel that. So that's the reward. The danger to that, we have to point out, otherwise there's no need to ever shift. So yeah. when you said walk me through that, I did that very fast, but on a about a greater, deeper level is that's what I'll do with a client.
1: Well, yeah. What's funny about that is it's just really cr- crazy that even just thinking and you walking me through that allowed me to think like, okay, like why am I doing this? And it goes back to the approval of my dad, Yeah. but it really does. Yeah. I think about like, okay, why am I doing this? Like, what is it? And yes, I want to be successful. I want to leave a legacy for the world, all that stuff that we all do. But I look, I just remember like my dad, I didn't think my dad was ever proud of me growing up. Yep. And that's all I wanted was to like, just for him to be proud of me for whatever I did and giving my best. And as I look now, like that's where that comes from. And I'm sure the reason you say like that you've seen that with women and their dad's approval is because you've, you coach women through this Mm -hmm. exact thing. And you probably dig down deep enough to find out where this core wound comes from. And it comes from that. Am I right?
0: It all does. It, and I'll tell you, I'm almost 49 years old. I'll be 49 next week. I'll tell you, breakthrough after breakthrough. I can relate back to my dad. Mm. I just had a a massive breakthrough in my life recently, where I was wondering why I attract narcissists all the time. Yeah, yeah, but I it took a lot of deep work, and I that also related back to my dad mm. um, and how he was, how he showed up, and where what I learned about that behavior. And it was interesting. As soon as I recognized it, it shifted relationships in my life. And I know I'm not attracting it anymore. So it always goes back to those childhood wounds. It does.
1: A hundred percent. And I actually, in recent times, have gone through something similar to where I was asking the same thing of why I was attracting certain things in my life. And I ended up taking a connecting with Stefanos and doing him and Christine's workshop. Well, actually, as we're recording now, I'm interviewing Christine tonight. And that really opened up my eyes even more. So, I mean, I thought I had done the work. I was talking to, to your husband about it the other day. I was like, I thought I'd done the work and it's been on this healing journey now for over a decade. And there's always work to be done, right? Always
0: more, Doug, always more. Where I, and, I live in the work. There's always yeah,
1: more. Of course. And the, and, the, and the cool thing though is, and what separates, I think the people from, who are actually successful from not, is they acknowledge that very thing. That when they're able to see something is not working in their life or they're attracting something that is bringing them down, they're like, okay, like instead of, blaming that person which and it, we can in some sh- I'm mean, not to say that someone's not someone's fault for how they you know treat you or how they show up in your life but what's my role and how can I take responsibility from this yes. very moment to address it so it doesn't happen again in the future right and i think it all goes back to like our what you were talking about a few minutes ago of the victim thing is it's so easy for people to blame their parents to blame their spouse mm-hmm. to blame this forever for their entire yeah. life and it, it gets you nowhere. Like I, and I bring changes. jail, I bring jail up again, because I did that most of my life up until that point, until I was 21, I blame my parents, I blame people who bullied on mm-hmm. me, I blamed all other girls who never, you know, wanted to go to a dance with me or all these things that I blamed. Yet I didn't look at me, which was the common denominator. Like I was the one who lost all these jobs. I was the one who sold drugs. Mm-hmm. I was the one this. And until you own that, Nothing changes. I can, and I can Nothing promise changes. And I, I, I'm, anybody who's listening to this, watching this, however you're consuming it until you look in the mirror and say, you know what? Like this might not be my fault, but it's my responsibility. I think books are stealing that a little bit. I think Will Smith said it. Nothing won't improve in your life. I can guarantee nothing. you. Nothing. Nothing.
0: And, I, and that's why I'm so, I take such a stand for that. I tell people that go through my coaching programs that I see them in their highest potential. I am not. I un, will understand where they're coming from, but I'm going to talk to their higher self. Like I see mm. where they are. are we want to head and go. And I'm going to talk to them as if we're that person. Because if I stay stuck where you're starting, nothing changes. All I'm doing then is enabling that behavior. All I'm doing is, is validating that behavior. And it's so critical to get quickly to that vision. And focus on that person that you're becoming and that's what you did i mean, i don't even know you back then but i'm assuming it took you realizing that and saying what's my vision and mm-hmm. acting that way for things to change
1: you got to look ahead because i think so many people look at the past and your past can either be your purpose or your prison right like it can either be something that keeps you locked down and shackled in, in the blame game in the victim mindset in the wallowing and pity Mm-hmm. or it can be something that inspires you to be like, never again, like I'm going to use these lessons to help myself, help other people, and then, and then make a difference. And I know probably for you, like a lot of what you've learned, it's made you a great mom and, and raising your daughter. So what are some things right now? We live in a, a crazy, outside of COVID, social media and technology. And I know you've, you've been talking about this a lot on social media. How, what, do, what are you kind of doing to help raise your daughter in this, in mm. this world to kind of keep... Yeah. Why well, I, like I pull, like, I'll tell you I pulled
0: my daughter I told I pulled her from school system. I'm mm. like there's no way. We're doing homeschool. I have her in a co-op tw- uh, two days a week where she learns entrepreneurial stuff. My daughter's going oh, into 8th awesome. grade. So I'm actually, I'm jealous of, this, of what I'm doing for her school uh, because she's got, uh, my daughter is very talented when it comes to singing and acting and mm. dance and all that. So I want to help her harness those. So I have her coaching for voice, for acting, all the things, and we'll be homeschooling the rest. My daughter is very aware of what's going on in the world and she's only 13. We even have differences of opinions. I don't try to dominate her opinions She's an intelligent thinker. She can decide on her own what she wants and what she doesn't, but I'm being a stand for her being a change maker mm. and for her being a critical thinker and her not living in fear and figuring out how she could be, make a difference in this world. And she's owning it right now. And, and I love watching that.
1: Have you, have you seen, first of all, I want to acknowledge that that's awesome what you're doing because I think the school system does need some adjusting because mm. we're not in the 1900s anymore. I think the world is so different. I don't know why we're not teaching kids more social skills and how to, use social media like in a positive way or stress management and business, like entrepreneurship, because that's like where we're going as a society anyway. And you can only, learning about triangles and squares will only get you mm-hmm. so far, right? And I think why aren't we replacing it with something? Well,
0: she, my daughter is like me, surprise, surprise. She had massive ADHD. I had her tested <laughs> with same as I did. And I was a failure in school. I mean, I, the whole time in school, it was a struggle for me. And, and I know I was a smart kid, but I was not believing that at the time because I was told I'm not paying attention. I don't know. I didn't fit in the box. And when I saw that happening to her, I was super frustrating for me because I could see it. But not being in victim mode also means you're not going to blame the teachers or the school system. What are, What's my choice as a parent? So I had actually considered the homeschooling option, but it took the pandemic to happen for me to, okay, now I'm really doing it. So I think of, this whole, everything that's happened in 2020 is a huge, massive blessing uh, in a lot of ways in my life. But one of the biggest ones is that I was able to step back in as a more conscious parent and say, okay, I thought about this before, but now we're actually doing it. We're going to homeschool.
1: That's awesome. I actually listened to a book called Conscious Parenting. Have you read that book? Yeah.
0: I actually interviewed, uh, well, I interviewed somebody that does, co- I did read that book actually. And I interviewed somebody recently that has the conscious homeschooler. So interesting. Same type of Ideas around that,
1: yeah, and it's amazing. I think it's really probably paid off that you your intention so deeply in personal development. Have you become more aware and conscious of your decisions and how you act, not only in your in your marriage with Brooks, but also like around your daughter, so that it can can impact her and empower her to not be a victim, to be that person who owns her decisions. So, I know like right now, obviously, you're in more the business coaching mindset. You obviously still do a lot with fitness, like. But I wanted to ask, like, since COVID, since the pandemic, have you seen an impact on your online business with now everyone shifting to like Peloton and everything else. Nope.
0: My, my business has grown. That's awesome. Um, And, and and I'll tell you why it's grown because of the same thing that we've been talking about Mm. is shifted. I went into how can I serve and help people? How can I meet them where they're at and get them to their vision faster? that's what I did. So when it came to the workouts and the the nutrition, it was not a complicated thing. I had to, I pivoted on that quickly. Like, okay, I have a, there's a lot of people right now. They can't go to a gym. They don't want to go to a gym. They don't have access to the gym. What is the best of my workout programs? And can I make it super affordable for people? So I took stuff I already had. I bundled it together. I gave them a steal on it. Like crazy, ridiculous low pricing on that. Like I just wowed people with it because I actually wanted to serve and help people. It also helped me. And that's the way things should work, y'all. There's nothing wrong with that. When you serve and you come from a place of giving and serving and helping and you're generous, it can help you too. And that's okay. So yes, I did that. That was the first thing I did. I shifted there. I stopped doing, I also took my top program, my full body reset. We usually sell it for a premium. We marked it down hugely and did a big live thing to help People, so people that had not been able to do my programs before were able to jump on and do it. And it also, during this time, gave me a chance to really step more into helping others step into their vision because that's something I've wanted to do, but I was so weighed down with everything I was doing in fitness and nutrition, I didn't have the time. But this let me take a step back and say, okay, there's a lot of people that have a lot of gifts and are strong coaches or could be a strong coach or strategic consultant, and they don't know how to build online. So let me help them. So I opened up taking more clients. I have a, a small group program, DBA, now launching, and that's been amazing to be able to help people with their vision now.
1: What's amazing that I've seen, I mean, just from the outside looking in, number one, I want to say that People during COVID, I think some people were like, oh, I guess it's like a vacation. Like, I'll just wait for the bailout. I'll wait for somebody to fix the issues. I don't have a job. Instead of being like, okay, like, this is the situation. How do I want to come out of this? Do I want to come out like, more mentally strong, more physically strong, more spiritually strong. When you have a choice in that. But what's cool is like, Brooks is the one who got you into personal development, right? And oh, and I went <laughs>
0: kicking and screaming, by right. the way. I didn't volunteer. Like, like the people that, by the way, that need it the most, they don't think they need it. I was like that person. Like, I don't need that. <laughs>
1: And now it seems like you've inspired him to do like a lot of the group coaching, right? You've gotten him, like I think him watching you do what you've done. I know he, he's done coaching before, but as a this, I know he's like launching his own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of cool how everything comes back full circle, right? Like he got you in yeah. development, you went head on in it too, you got into the coaching and then now he's coming back around with it and kind of coming out of his shell with putting himself out there more, which I think is really inspiring. It just shows the power of just making sure that you're in relationships no matter what type of relationship where you're elevating each other because mm-hmm. then it becomes this inspiration for both like and what i wanted to to guide it, kind of get into now is what do you think is holds like a lot of women back from seeing results not just in mm-hmm. fitness but like in their life mm-hmm. is it the comparison on social media is it limiting beliefs like what have you found is like the missing one
0: thing point? it's belief in themselves mm. It's the belief, and if you don't believe in yourself, find someone else who does. Because mm. if every single person that has accomplished things in their life, accomplished anything, they had someone that believed in them. They did, and that might be a hard pill to swallow because somebody listening might say, "No one believes in me," and they don't believe in themselves. Well, we've got to find that for you then, and. Just say so you can find people to believe in you that doesn't have to be a personal relationship. Like just listening to the right podcast with the right mindset gets you in a state of believing that you can. Reading the right books gets you in the state of believing that you can. Joining the right groups, following the right people online. Like pay attention when you scroll newsfeed. When you see someone's post, do you feel empowered, inspired, motivated, fired up? Or do you feel envious, hateful, jealous, and hurt? Because You got to pay attention to that. If you're not feeling empowered, inspired, fired up, enlightened, whatever, don't follow them. I don't want anyone following me if I don't make them feel that way. I just got to be real. Like, I don't want to be responsible for making somebody feel bad about themselves. So... Belief in yourself is what is holding you back from achieving great things. And if you don't have that, you've got to find a support system that does believe in you and you've got to own it. I used to get mad at my husband and he would get mad at me because I would tell him how amazing he was at something. And all he would hear was that I was being fake, that he wasn't actually really amazing. He didn't believe he was. And I would get mad that he wasn't receiving my compliment. You know, so it was like this battle. But you can ask him about it. But when he actually started receiving it, like, I am pretty good at what I do. Then I felt better about giving it. He took more action. That stuff is powerful. So pay attention to what you're pushing away, too, because there. most people that say that no one believes in them, there are people that do, but they're pushing it away.
1: Yeah, I think it all comes back to our to our childhood, right? It comes back to maybe something we didn't believe about ourselves, and it's transcended into our adulthood. And because of that, we don't really have that belief in ourselves. Even when somebody else believes in us and you're right, all it can take is listening to one podcast or, can, or reading one book. It's not going to completely save your life forever, but it can certainly catapult you into taking that first step or continuing on a whatever journey. And yeah. i talk a lot about like being authentic and real and how it's kind of changed your life. Like, what would you say has been like the biggest blessing from like being like real and raw online?
0: So, well, it's less work. What I always say is when in doubt, just tell the truth. And that sounds so basic, but most people aren't doing it. Like most people that are like, I don't know what to write. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. It's because they're really in their head and they're not just telling the truth. My best posts are ju- take me five minutes to do because it's like something present in my mind and I just push it out there. My worst yeah. posts are the ones that I sit there hemming and hawing about trying to think about what's the right thing to say. <laughs> so just when in doubt, tell the truth. Like literally when I broke my foot the other day, the first thought that went through my head after the pain and going to the emergency room and all the stuff was like, crap, how am I going to tell people that I broke my foot? I'm supposed to be a fitness expert. This is my third massive injury in the last year. Like what's wrong with me? And I literally had the thought, well, I don't have to show it. I don't have to talk about it. Let me, and then I'm like, no, that's so fake though. So I bit my fear knowing that people are going to go, Oh my God, this fitness expert, like broke her foot now. Like what, what the heck? And I didn't care, but I just spoke into it. Like, Hey, all I know this is my third injury. Yes, I know. (laughs) Like I'm figuring it out. You just tell the truth about everything.
1: And what I think is important too, is there's, there's this like stigma, right? That if you share your struggles, you're just looking for attention and, and and there's some, there's some truth to that, but there's also like what I love about what you, you post and other people, like you take ownership and you're like this is what happened this is what I'm doing I'm being real and raw with you to inspire you to be real and raw you're not like hey I broke my foot like you know please send money please send this please send that you're like no I, yeah. I broke my foot I'm struggling with this this is how I'm dealing with it I'm going to keep going and I think that's what what separates like the people who like really have su- success mm-hmm. and are also fulfilled because they know that like if somebody were to come behind the scenes behind closed doors they are who they are on off yes. and online which I think is a huge issue today. I think so many entrepreneurs stress themselves out because they're putting on this false persona online.
0: Yes, and let me tell you something that's really cool for anyone that's dealing with that because when you're triggered, usually it's because you're not being authentic. Now, let that sit for a minute. If someone writes on my post, to my broken foot. Wow. You're such a fake. Like, I can't believe you broke your foot again. You're not a good fitness person or whatever. It wouldn't even phase me because it, it's real. I broke my foot. I put it out there like whatever. I wouldn't even care. However, if I didn't break my, or if I didn't show that I broke my foot and I put a workout video and I just showed my waist up, let's just say, and I hid that I broke my foot and someone made some comment like, wow, like they just some nasty comment. I would feel super triggered because I would be thinking they don't even know I'm doing this with a broken foot. You know what I mean? So when you're not telling the truth, you're more likely to be triggered at things. But when you're telling authentic truth about something, the triggers don't hurt. I I can't tell you how many times I see in fitness, these girls will put like a highly Photoshopped like picture or whatever. And someone will go, oh, nice, fake, whatever. And they're so triggered. And, but when I, especially if they end up being a coaching client, it's like, okay, but did you actually put yourself out there? Like, of course, somebody thinks that that's fake or whatever. But like, when you tell the truth and you show the real, then you're not going to be sensitive to triggers like
1: that. I know, and I, our mutual friend Angie Lee does a phenomenal job, I think, of doing that one. She's created it. Right? Just yeah, being so real did. and raw. And people, one of the, her biggest strengths and the reason why she's been successful is because she is, she didn't care about talking about like poop and She'll whatever. Talk about else. whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, and same with you. And I think for those who are listening, if you want to have success in business, whatever you're doing, like, yeah, finance is part of it. Fulfillment's part of it. But like being okay with who you look like when you go to the, the bed at night, being like, did I like cheat myself today? Did I cheat the people that I'm inspiring? Did I lie to, to make money? Because that's important too. Because I think if you lie to make money, it will catch up with you one day. Always you might not will. You might not notice it. It's not going to, might not happen, you know, right then. Might not happen in a week. Mm-hmm. But over time, it'll either steer you away from authenticity and then you won't be able to attract your the people you want. Or... People will really find out. And so I want to shift a little bit. And I know you said you're kind of pivoting hard right now with your business. Like, what do you, what's next for Natalie, Jill? I mean, besides fitness, besides the mindset and the podcast.
0: So I turn 49 next week. I look at things in decades. So forties, I really did build my fitness business from scratch. Really. I'm not getting rid of that. That's still there, but I'm really pivoting that into, I, it'll be a few times a year that I actually launch one program that feeds into that but really what i'm stepping into is the sales marketing and branding Mm. that is where i am lit up i love 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 helping other entrepreneurs break through and get their message out online help them and their gifts help them with how do they sell and roll people into their vision how do they make a name for themselves how do they brand themselves how do they network and get themselves out there Mm. i am lit up doing that so i'm super excited about that that is my My background is the sales, branding, and enrollment. I love that. So I'm excited to help other entrepreneurs do that.
1: That's amazing. And you continue to evolve, right? I think you continue to change. And what's cool about you, and I relate to this a lot, is I think whatever you're coaching people on and whatever content you're creating is a reflection of where you're at in your journey or what you've Mm -hmm. accomplished to be able to share with others. Like you got the fitness part down with your health, and then, then, then you built this successful fitness business. Then you had to like kind of pivot and change your mindset, and then you kind of are helping other people. And now you've built this massive brand and now you're helping other people do that. I think it's very commendable. And the last thing I want to ask you is this, and feel free to share whatever. I want to imagine like you're kind of sitting here right now and your dad's next to you. What's he saying to you?
0: My dad would be proud of me. He'd probably tell me to work harder, or keep going. Cause that's what he always, he was like, <laughs> follow the money. go. <laughs> and I would say, well, and I want to live longer than you. So I'm going to, I'm going to do things the way that I'm doing them right now. But I think I, I know that my dad would be proud of me right now. I, I feel like my dad is with me
1: mm.
0: all the time. In fact, I've got this kind of, it's like a woo-woo story. I don't think I've ever told this publicly, but I'll share it right now. When I was like 15 years old, I went to go visit a friend and I came home and I told my dad that the house was haunted, that this my friend's house. And my dad was like, whatever, that's ridiculous. And I said, no, the house is haunted. The, The ghost leaves dimes everywhere. Like that's how they, we know that it's haunted or something. And my dad had this whole story around that, no, it's probably like an old house. There's a bag of dimes in the attic and maybe there's a mouse that drags. We had this whole talk around dimes and my dad thought I was crazy. I'm not kidding, Doug. Ever since my dad died, whenever I'm working on something new or I'm nervous, I find a dime. And I like to believe that that's my dad's way of communicating with me, as woo-woo as that sounds. It's over and over and over again. It happens constantly. And when I broke my foot, actually, and Brooks came to pick me up from the appointment... And I got in the car, as I was opening a door, I said, well, I think things happen for a reason. This gives me more time to focus on my coaching business. And I opened the door and there was a dime sitting on the seat. So it's a constant thing. And whether it's woo-woo or not, I choose to believe it's my dad communicating that I'm on the right track.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's put it this way. What other choice do you have if you believe it is? I mean, think about what that's going to do to your mindset versus if you just don't believe in that. It's going to keep you going. and. It's just, it's really empowering. I mean, even for me to, to listen to your story, because there's a lot of people that are listening to this or even people that I know that, you know, are struggling and they're in their late twenties they're in their early thirties. And you really didn't like hit your stride until you hit 40. And then you can. I
0: haven't hit it yet. I just, my fifties are my decade. I've already decided.
1: Yeah. And, and what's, what's really cool about you too, is you continue to work on yourself. And that's something that I think is extremely important to anybody is, to continue to invest in yourself. I don't care if you're an entrepreneur, if you're working a nine to five job, like if you're not investing in yourself and you're not growing as a human, like you're, you're dying and you're, it's going to impact your relationships. It's going to impact your business. It's going to impact your family life because if you're not happy with who you are and continuing to change as things move forward, like you're you're gonna fall behind. Yeah. So I wanted to thank you for your time today. I know the audience is going to get a ton out of uh, this episode. So where can they find out more about you? I know you're very active on Instagram at Natalie Jill fitness. Yeah. Natalie Jill, fit.
0: yeah Natalie Jill fit on social media. My podcast is called leveling up. My website is just Natalie Jill.com.
1: For those who are like listening to this and you're kind of like wondering maybe this, how this relates to you and you're kind of wondering how you can use Natalie's advice. Just think about this. Think about, we all have struggles. We all hit adversity and it's on us and how we decide to respond. And in Natalie's story of continuously taking negatives and turning them into a positive and leveling up has been a major key to her success. And then also having the humility to know that, okay, like I'm not perfect. I got to continue to grow and be vulnerable. Reach out to myself, reach out to Natalie, if you enjoyed this episode. And of course, as always leave us a five-star review. If you thought this, this episode touched your heart. And uh, once again, you're listening to this episode of the adversity advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes, and we will see you next time.